you have single-handedly changed our family because of mastermind because i felt safe enough and realized with your help realized that it's not just about the picking up of the toys and the back talk and the productive conversation scripts it's not about that it's about healing myself and becoming a better version of myself and showing up and being able to be that way for my entire family I really credit you with doing something that I literally have not been able to do with countless therapists and all the journaling and all the thinking and all the meditating and all the things. It was because of you. So thank you for helping heal what I thought was unhealable. You're listening to the Mastermind Parenting Podcast with Randy Rubenstein, episode 21. So the big question is this, how do parents like us know that we aren't messing up the biggest role of our lives, especially when we happen to have a strong-willed child that's constantly pushing our buttons? We've all heard that kids don't come with a manual, so how can we know for sure that we're saying the right things or that we're getting this parenting thing right? Well, on this podcast for parents of toddlers to teens, we'll be giving you real tools you can use right away so that your kids will feel like they can talk to you about absolutely anything and everything. My name is Randy Rubenstein, and welcome to the Mastermind Parenting Podcast, where we believe when your thoughts grow, the conversations in your home flow. Okay, you guys, so this episode, the top three tips for managing Fortnite and other video game obsessions is actually a Facebook Live that I recorded kind of spur of the moment. Um, So if you haven't seen that Facebook Live, here is the audio. I had a podcast listener, Jessica, reach out to me and she told me that she was listening to the podcast and really enjoying it and she had a question. She said, you know... We're in the midst of summer, and I'm really trying to balance this video game thing. Uh, my my teenage boys, who happen to be very strong-willed, are obsessed with Fortnite, and I, and so I sent her a response, and I said, "I'm right there with you, Mama. I got two teenage boys myself, one on the older end of the teenage spectrum at 20, and one on the younger end at 12, and um, they are both obsessed with Fortnite." And if it's not Fortnite, I mean, in this day and age, especially when you're dealing with teenagers, every teenager I know has a cell phone. So, uh, you know, they all game in some way, shape, or form. I shouldn't say all, but everyone I know does. And, um, And it's a new frontier. Like, we're trying to navigate this stuff and figure it out, and it's... It, and part of the deal is that by the time they become teenagers, like they're their own people. There's a reason during adolescence that you're going, you're supposed to spread your wings and fly. You're not supposed to, um, you got to figure some things out on your own. And so when we come down with all these crazy rules, it's very controlling and it will exacerbate, in my opinion, teenage rebellion. Because we kind of miss the boat if we haven't taught them by this point that, um, you know, how to navigate some of these hard decisions or we're in a place where we know they're going to make mistakes and we're accepting it. Um, 
Like if we haven't laid that foundation and we've been hyper controlling over the years and there's just been tons and tons of power struggles and now all of a sudden we want to bring down the hammer when they're teenagers, it's like, it's sort of too late. And, um, and, and you're going to come across as super controlling and it's going to be very combative and tense in your household. And I think this is the reason teenage rebellion exists. Um, I have my oldest is 20, like I said, and then I have a 17 year old daughter. So I do know a few things about navigating this, these teenage years and that it doesn't have to be filled with rebellion and it can be filled with connection and, and positive communication, but there's a way to manage these conversations and it definitely doesn't involve control. Because control feels bad for a reason. Control is like suggesting that you own someone. And we don't own our children. Owning people is called slavery. It's one of my favorite things to say. It is not called childhood and growing up. And by the time they're teenagers, like they're supposed to be navigating this stuff on their own. So this is a podcast. If, if you have a screen-free house and that's been the way you guys have established your home environment, obviously this isn't a podcast that is relevant for you. And I'm, you know, hats off to you. This is not, this is for those of us who are allowing our kids to play video games. It's part of our culture in our households, in our lives, and we know it's here and we don't want to be controlling, but we do want to help put structure in place and supervision in place to make sure that our kids are kept safe. They do develop some coping skills on how to manage and navigate this, and we're being the parents. We're showing up and we're helping them to navigate it without being crazy and controlling. So, um, so that's what I did. I recorded a little Facebook live and I, and I let, uh, everybody know this is how, this is my belief on how to manage this situation and how to have these conversations and, um, and how to have your kids be truly part of the conversation and part of the problem solving process, uh, so that it doesn't come across as a dictatorship. Uh, and, you know, and empowering them with some of the things that they can do to keep themselves in check. Because, you know, don't forget, you guys, they're going to go off to college and we're not going to know what the heck they're doing. Um, I mean, I can say this with my son. He shared a room and his roommate freshman year, he said literally the kid sat there gaming like all hours and and days of the night. I mean, days of the, all the hours of the day and the night. He said it was insane. And, um, and I was actually kind of worried because my oldest son is more of an introvert. I could see him kind of holding up. I mean, believe me, he loves to binge Netflix. And, um, and I said, well, what keeps you from joining him? And he's like, it's just so much fun. And, you know, look, people over technology. And that's been like a little mantra in our household for many years, um, which of course I get the major eye roll when I say it, but he, you know, he repeated it back to me. It was like people before technology. So you guys are setting the tone during this time to really help them 
navigate this. And when we lecture and it's a power struggle and we're all about control and we're bringing down the hammer, it doesn't work. It, does, it absolutely doesn't teach them anything. So enjoy my three tips for how to talk about all this stuff productively and really navigate it from a place of partnership and collaboration versus from a dictatorship. That would never work anyway. Okay, enjoy the episode. Hi, you guys. I wanted to make you a, a Facebook Live because I just had podcast listener Jessica reach out to me and send me a message. And she said, um, love listening to the podcast. I think she just listened to the one on um, screen addiction and screenagers. And she asked me about my thoughts on handling the Fortnite addiction with teenage boys, especially strong-willed teenage boys, and if I had any suggestions for her in terms of summer balance. And, um, and I said, well, first of all, I am right there with you. Uh, I'm here in California, spending some time here working remotely. In fact, right now my 12-year-old son is in the water having a surf lesson. And, um, and when we were coming out here, we, we came out here, I was really hoping to do a Fortnite detox. Um, he just came from sleepaway camp and he hasn't been on video games. And the second he got home, he was bonding with his older brother, uh, who's 20, who's also addicted to Fortnite. And so they have this whole connection with the Fortnite addiction. It's like sweeping the teenage boy nation. So. What I told Jessica was, is I'm right there with you, sister. Um, I've got two boys who absolutely are hooked on it and love it. And, um, and so I was really looking forward to, he asked me a couple of times, can I bring Fortnite with me? Can I bring an Xbox? And I was like, no, absolutely not. We're not doing that. So we get out here, we come to this house and he finds that they have a PS4 that's never been hooked up. He finagles. Meanwhile, when he's doing his homework during the school year, he's like telling me that he doesn't know how to go on Wikipedia and look up vocabulary terms. But somehow, when it comes to Fortnite, he finagles hooking up an account, linking it, and he's now got access to Fortnite, and I hear him like talking to his friends at home. So, right there with you, Jessica. And, um, and so what I, so Jessica and I went back and forth and I kind of gave her my suggestions on how I'm handling it and, and handling the balance. Um, not that I have it all figured out or have the answers, but as Jessica said, you know, this is kind of like a new frontier for many of us. And um, like, is it an actual addiction? How do we set rules and parameters without being controlling? Like what would a natural consequence look like? So I wanna share with you guys how I'm handling it um, and what I said to Jessica. So, um, so I said, it's like everything I teach. There's three steps. It's number one, adopting a set of rules and communicating it using PAC leadership language for anyone who doesn't know what I mean by that, start listening to the podcast. Um, because you really have to be direct and assertive and um, when you communicate it. So you're gonna establish a set of rules and communicate it at a non-relevant time. You're not communicating your rules during, while they're gaming, literally. Like you're not all of a sudden giving them boundaries and restrictions when they're gaming. It would be like 
trying to take cigarettes away from an addicted smoker, right, when they're about to light up, or trying, and I mean, this sounds dramatic, or trying to take heroin away from somebody who's addicted to heroin when they're about to shoot up. Oh my God, you guys have to see this daddy. I don't know if y'all can see that, like riding this bike with his little baby on the front, so cute. Of course, there's tons of noise. I hear a helicopter in the background, so hopefully you guys can hear me. Um, so establishing a set of rules, communicating it with pack leadership language, um, and, and number two, at a non-relevant time. Number two, expect to repeat this often and remind them of the rules. Expect it so that you won't be frustrated when you have to. So, it's a helicopter. Um, so you're gonna repeat it often and you're just gonna expect it. Uh, but you've had the conversation at a non-relevant time, so you've laid the foundation, you've laid the groundwork. So it won't be new information when you're repeating it often in a neutral, non-nagging tone. And number three is follow through consistently. So when Jessica said, well, what's the consequences? What's the natural consequences? The natural consequences are, we established a set of rules, we had a productive conversation, you knew what the deal was, and whatever, the boundary is that you decide on, which I would include your child to help them decide, you're gonna explain to them, like what I do is I'm like, of course you love doing this. Like the teenage brain, you're getting instant gratification and pleasure hits. It is super addicting and it's super fun and it's just a matter of us putting boundaries around it. And so when you're having that conversation ahead of time, you're explaining your rationale, that's how you come across not controlling, which is, um, too much of a good thing, too much of a thing that brings you pleasure can quickly become an addiction and not healthy for your brain. It's like eating too, it's like only eating dessert in your life. Um, or you know, only eating sugar, like a little bit of dessert is fine. You eat too much dessert, your body's unhealthy. So, um, so you're explaining it. Look, I get it, you love the video game and you're a teenager, you're totally normal. The minutes become hours, become days. It's just the deal. I'm the grown up who's here to keep you safe. I got the fully developed prefrontal lobe. And, um, and, and, and so we're gonna have boundaries around this. So let's talk about what's realistic in terms of how much gaming is gonna happen per day. You decide together on that amount. And what happens when you're not keeping track of it? Like how do you keep track of it? You're gonna problem solve that part. You're gonna have them come up with the fact like, I don't know, well, you could set a timer. You could set a timer on your phone. You could set a timer on the kitchen oven. You can set a timer. So what happens when I come and there's no timer set and you're not keeping track of your time and you're not following the rules that we've established to keep your brain safe so that you can enjoy this fun game and not go overboard on it. So what, so what, what do we do then? And y'all problem solve it and come up with it together. Personally, I would, if you have a real problem with it, I would say you lose that time for the rest of the day and you can try again tomorrow. Um, I love that when you have to enforce, follow through consistently and enforce a boundary and a consequence. I love saying, yeah, it didn't work out today. You didn't remember the rules, but you can try again tomorrow. Like always leaving it with that positive thing of tomorrow's a new day. So establish a set of rules. Repeat it often, expect to repeat it often, follow through consistently. If this sounds, this simple process sounds like, oh my God, that would never work with my kid. They're too strong-willed. They fight me on everything, la, 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 la. Um, 
It's all mind mastery. It's all practice and repetition. It's all pack leadership assertive communication. And, um, and you just need practice to hone in on that skill and really show up as that pack leader in your family. I promise you, this method works with all children. And it makes sense and it's logical and it's respectful. Oh, now there's a train. Okay, I'm gonna wrap it up. Um, if this, if you guys, if you're like, I don't know how to do that, don't worry. In August, we've got all kinds of great stuff coming your way and, um, and my next program starts September 1st. So stay tuned for all that stuff and um, I've got your back on this. All right, guys, hope you're having a great summer and I hope that was helpful. Hey, you guys, thanks so much for listening. Mastermind Parenting Podcast is supported by my best-selling book, The Parent Gap. Usually getting a copy of the book and the audio version for you to listen to on the go would set you back around 20 bucks, but you can get both a digital copy and the audio book for just $5.60. It's my gift to you for being one of my podcast listeners. So head over to mastermindparenting.com forward slash book to grab your copy now.